I would love to do an episode in the future. I know someone else we can have on the show. If we do another episode in the future. It might have um, taken a long time to get started. That is rude, what you just said right now. Okay. Yeah. Rude to everybody, Can't rude to our listeners. Like, yeah. well, I mean, they've, been waiting. they've the, been waiting a minute for this one. So. Yeah. I think I mean, that... We've been, we, oh, that? we didn't even say that the guys who apologize. No, no, we're not apologizing. You just had a baby, I'm man. sorry. It's true. I had I a baby. I will apologize for pointing out that it's been Wait, more wasn't my than kid, a week. Was my kid in the NICU? Do you remember, Dan? <laughs> I don't remember, oh, he was. actually. So maybe back off. <laughs> just try to have natural conversations about life and the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am, of course, Lenny, one of your hosts, joined mm-hmm. here by Cody. I'm Cody. He's the other host. Now you see what we look like. Yeah. Whoa. We're it actually depend- black and white. Yeah. That, who would have thought that that's what we... We've never mentioned that before yeah, on the show. No, we haven't ever. So. Who's this other guy right here? So the other white guy is uh, <laughs> Dan Pearson. Dan, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, so Dan's my homie from down the street. Kind of? Kind You're of. on the other street. Yeah, it's around the corner, down yeah. the street. He's kind of a little higher and mightier, though, because he got here first. <laughs> he lives on the uh, the high and mighty side of the street. The only reason I say that is because you moved in first. I mean, I think Mount Waz is actually shorter than Nebo, so technically you're on the high and mighty side. I'll take it, dude. All right. I mean, not that you wield that over anyone in the ward. But you no. could. Well, yeah. You could. Yeah. So anyway. Wait, what do you mean he wields it over the... What does like that mean? Like a bludgeon, dude. Yeah. Like, hey, I've lived here longer than oh, you, so I see my opinions saying. are yeah. more valid. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. It kind of adds up. I think we all moved in, like, roughly in the same yep. six-month period. You moved in in August, right? September. That's what I said. I, I moved really, in. Does really anybody really care about this? No. Actually, you can what cut phase were you? Just kidding. All right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You guys can hash it out. Or no, it's fair. Your phase two. Yeah. 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 Phase okay. one. Yeah. Yeah. See, he said what so I, I am. He said I what am, phase I, I was. I am better than Cody. <laughs> okay. Let the record show. That's fair. All right. Yeah. Phase phase one. Phase two. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's good. So. Well, I don't even live here, so. 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 Say so. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, we're really excited to have Dan here. Excited to have you uh, on the podcast. We're excited about the topic which we're going to talk about, but we're going to wait. I mean, you probably, if you're watching the podcast, you've already seen the title and all that. But yeah, uh, we're going to wait. Secret for us. Yeah, it's a secret. We're going to just wait to do that because we're going to start with one of our segments and do stories of faith. You want to introduce? Do you want to do it after? No, you want to do it right now. You, who's doing the story oh. of faith, Lenny? You know this guy. Yeah, actually. So I have um, a really good friend. Which surprised everyone. You know, we look like, and now you know Lenny has friends. <laughs> uh, you're kind of a jerk, aren't you? Uh, nope. Yeah, you are. It looks worse in person. No, yeah, it does because you can actually see how full of malice you are. Yeah, well, job. <laughs> <laughs> We'll um, anyways, this is, this is, this is a, um, uh, who is this? 
This is my friend. This he, is, he baptized you. Yeah, he ba- that's true. He baptized me. This is Stephen Johnson who's going to uh, give us our story of faith. And I'm really excited about it to see what he has to say and why he stays uh, in the gospel. None of us have listened to this. So, Stephen, I hope it's appropriate. not swearing. All right. <laughs> okay. Here we go. So Lenny asked me to think of a time or experience that I um, had my faith strengthened in Jesus Christ. And the thing that I thought of first was back in high school, I I decided that I was going to start reading the scriptures every day. And so I usually would read at night right before bed. And what I started to do is I just started to... Um, say a quick prayer and just flip open the scriptures and start reading. And sometimes I would just read a little section that way, but I would, I started to get a lot of really specific answers and, um, understand things in new ways that I hadn't understood them before. And so I started to realize that I could receive answers to prayers through the scriptures. And I and I found that I receive those answers way more efficiently when I read the scriptures. And so that strengthened my faith a lot because I started to feel that personal relationship with Christ. And and I started to realize that those messages were being tailored just for me through the Spirit. And so that's that's the thing I think of the most when I think about how my faith has been strengthened in christ steven you you did it man that is a great testimony and uh an incredible story of faith um really really appreciate that you know one of the things that really sticks out to me is uh he in essence what he was he was learning how to receive revelation right there yeah yeah and uh, i mean the prophet's especially President Nelson over the last, I would say, year, has been really emphasizing um, learning how to receive revelation from God. I mean, that's really, that's the way that we build our faith the most is when we have personal experiences with him speaking to us, giving us specific direction for our life, as well as specific direction for, uh, well, I know, just for our life and and our own journeys through it. Oh, yeah. And, And as a teenager... I mean, God's good to everyone, but I don't know if you guys, like, well, I think of reading scriptures as a teenager, like, I had some crazy experiences, too, which, um, you know, you're very impressionable as a teenager, and so I feel like that's some of God's mercy, like, oh, I got to help these, help these kids out while they're young, and, and not that he, that makes it sound like he doesn't do it when we're adults, but he does, but I remember having very distinct, similar things like that, that didn't make sense um, as far as the math. Like, I'm too busy to read my scriptures, but I'll try to read them every day. And then I did, and I ended up with the same amount of time every day in the mornings to get ready somehow. I didn't change when I woke up. Like, I read for 30 minutes, and it didn't affect my schedule at all somehow. So I think that's another testimony, like Stephen talking about learning how to gain revelation um, as a teenager. I I like that he... uh like he specifically said that um, receiving answers through the scriptures was like a more efficient way to get revelation. Yeah, it, yeah. It reminded me of an experience just after my mission. Um, 
not just after, it was about a year after, um, a girl moved into the ward who had a rough past. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know all the details, but um, clearly she had been out of the church a lot. Um, and she, for some reason, just really liked me, like made it abundantly. She was very forward, made it abundantly oh. clear that she wanted to date me. Well, you're real catch, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> Catchy Dan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> eyebrows are freaking me out. <laughs> yeah, you can see those eyebrows now. <laughs> but um, she just, I I really wanted to date her, but I wasn't sure. And one day I was reading my scriptures and I was in Alma chapter three, I think. Um, they were at war with the Lamanites and one verse stood out. It was like, um, Alma having received a wound did not go into battle. And at that time I was dealing with, um, what we'll talk about. Um, yeah, don't spoil it. I know. I just get <laughs> spoiler alert now. Um, I wasn't in the right place spiritually. And I was like, if I date this girl, it could go really bad, really quick. And the spirit was like, you are kind of in the same situation. Don't go out to battle, so to speak. Don't date this girl. I like how the spirit related dating to battle. Um, that, <laughs> yeah. was, that was that. Your, yeah. But it it was just really cool. Like It was an extremely poignant, quick way for the Lord to give me that revelation. I think, honestly, as I listen to this, especially your experience and Stephen saying that, because that, that actually stuck out to me, too. I think that for me, I received some specific revelation right now about what I need to do going forward about some of the things that I'm worried about. And I can tell it to everybody right now. It's, it's actually to, um, be more, to be more in the scriptures and to actually make that uh, a priority to make sure that I'm reading specifically every day and make sure that I'm in a place to receive revelation. It's yeah. kind of funny you're getting that because that's the same thing I'm getting. Because in the mornings, I, I listen to the scriptures every morning. Mm-hmm. I listen to a talk. I listen to the scriptures. And I listen to a thing on overcoming pornography. And I don't actually sit down and actually read my Book of Mormon like I used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that there's power in actually sitting and reading it instead of listening to it. Yeah. So I think that you're right. Yeah. I would love to do an episode in the future. I know someone else we can have on the show. If we do another episode in the future. It might have um, taken a long time to get started. That again. is rude, what you just said right now. Okay. Yeah. Rude to everybody, that rude to our listeners. Like, yeah. well, I mean, they've, been waiting, they've the, been waiting a minute for this one. So. Yeah. I think I mean, that we've been, we... Uh, oh, that? we didn't even say that the guys who apologize. No, no, we're not apologizing. You just had a baby, I'm man. sorry. It's true. I, had I a baby. will apologize for pointing out that it's been <laughs> Wait, more than my a kid, week. Was my kid in the NICU? Do you remember, Dan? <laughs> I don't remember, oh, actually. Was. So maybe back off. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, actually, Cody, uh, just real a quick a little aside. I know we kind of breezed through this, but can you give our listeners a little update oh, about your life? for an update. Yes, yes. We have multiplied a little more. So we had a baby three months ago, and he was in the NICU. There were some bumps along that road pre-birth, and then when he was born. But the dust has settled. He's doing good. He's a chunky little dude. And uh, so, you know, yeah, that contributed somewhat to our hiatus. Yeah. Chelsea's doing all right. Chelsea's doing great. Yeah, she. that's, that's awesome. great. Um, we're, she's recovering more than I am, and she's the one who had the baby. Well, yeah, that's because that makes she's, sense? she's literally better than you. Well, yeah, and she's literate. 
<laughs> which is uses the same That's root word. That's amazing. Anyway, uh, going, <laughs> yeah. um, going back to uh, Stephen's story of faith, just want to say thank you for sharing that with us and yes, that we dude. were able to uh, talk about it on the podcast because um, more than you know, received some revelation that I think I needed uh, specific. Thanks today. for jumping on that, Stephen. Yeah, appreciate that very mm -hmm. much. Um, well, it's exciting now. We get to jump into the 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 main part of our podcast and the reason why we invited Dan out here. What do you usually say? The oh, meat and potatoes. I, I know. I usually say that. I actually thought specifically <laughs> not to say that. Say today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you remember? It's like everybody was like, "Oh, he's getting to the meat and potatoes," you know. So I'm trying not to say that. <laughs> well. It, Tell me a little bit about you guys more, because I don't really. How do you? How did you guys meet? Like, because well, I don't. I don't know you like hardly at all, and yeah. I kind of know him from church. Well, it's Lenny. Yeah, it's me. It's Lenny. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Well, that's a good. You are the only person I know whose name is Lenny, so oh. that's a plus. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Good for good for me. I think. Yeah. yeah. Very very good <laughs> for you. Accomplishment. Your mom maybe. Yeah, my mom actually. So she's listening to the podcast, which she's not. She's not. But hey, you know Laverne? what? One day she will, and she'll hear this. And she'll well, at be least like, Cody's mom is listening. Right. And right. if she's listening, she's really smart when it comes to the job application stuff. She is super smart. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, how do we and know each how other? How do we? So everybody knows this if you've listened to the podcast, especially um, Cody's wife, Chelsea. <laughs> uh, okay. Just in case <laughs> you didn't know. Um, we <laughs> are you just naming the viewers or listeners one at a time? <laughs> so, um, Cody and I served our missions together, so we won't bore everybody with the story, but we've, because we've told it a thousand times, we served our missions together. We were first companions. Uh, I, he, I should say he was my first companion. So yeah, he trained be, me. Ah, so he's it. your, your mission daddy. Oh, he's my mission dog. daddy. Can you imagine if we both, if they just doubled us into an area as greenies? <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, that would be pretty intense, wouldn't well, it? It kind of did, though. To us? Well, like, I mean, to my you trainer and, yeah, just finished and... being trained, and then I trained you right after being trained. So, so it's yeah. Like, we so were you were pretty... like, you'd been out like six weeks. Yeah, we're pretty dumb. Or well, no, 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 it's no, like no, a couple no, months. No, a couple like months. Three months. Okay. okay. Months. It was yeah. out for about so three months. So were you his companion when Cody came out as a Texan? Are you talking about his accent? Yes, I'm talking See, about oh, I want to tell you something. I, when that I, I really want to tell you something uh, before we even move into this. Came out like it's sort of a Texas closet yeah. somewhere. There has been multiple people pretty who big, have told probably, me, wherever it is. Yeah. Have told me, been like, he oh, has an accent from somewhere. And I was like, no, he's from Utah, no, Kaysville. That's, that's, it's, it's my grandma. Your grandma has a like, Texas accent. I didn't notice accent. it until like a year after being home, but she's always talking about the critters. <laughs> <laughs> so, like. It just comes out. And what happened on my mission is I got confident, and so I spoke louder, and I enunciated more, and which so brought out like all Texan. of these things. And so now you're Texan. Yeah, so now yeah he's a Texan. Okay. I can says, claim uh, citizenship yeah. in Texas. Don't, don't want to derail too much. No, no, I think that was a good yeah. derailment. Anyways, yeah, so that's that's kind of like where, where we how we know each other, where we're comfortable in. Right. And, uh, well, why don't you tell us about you? Yeah, ooh. Well done. Um, you say I saw you did that. <laughs> so what do you, what do you want to know about me? Well, what, uh, what kind of yeah, this is a good, some good questions. So basically, just uh, where did you grow up? Like, are you from Utah? Um, I am from Utah, born okay. and raised Utah County. Utah um, County. Utah County. Never so, lived uh, in Utah, outside of Utah County. Okay, yeah. But always lived in Utah, except okay. on my mission. Okay. And where um, did you serve your mission? I served in Italy, okay. Milan. 
Milan. Ooh, yeah. okay. Milano. Oh, I saw that movie. She was yeah. great. I didn't see that movie. Mulan? Actually, that's one of the better you know Disney I saw, movies. I saw that coming a mile away. I saw it, gonna, it was like, there's a dumb joke coming right now. Yeah, Mulan. Oh, yeah, I saw that movie. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. So, uh, so you served in Mulan. Um, yeah. Served in Mulan, yeah. Yep. yeah I'm uh, yeah. No, 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 it's good. Served in yeah, yeah. Mulan. Um, uh, where did, did, you, did you go to school? Um, I did. I attended UVU for a couple of years and then went to BYU for a few years and then dropped out when I got a job. So yeah. sounds yeah. That's promising. where you release yeah. the frogs on their property. That is yeah. When I was dating my wife I, I released all the frogs down there. Oh, so you were uh, basically Moses. <laughs> oh yeah. That's a yeah. plague. Yeah, yeah. He, he released the yeah, plague on, 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 on something. On the evil BYUNs. Yeah, BYU wins, huh? So let's get into the topic now. Yeah, actually, that's a good one. So I mean, we're we're talking we're 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 taking the real things this this season. I feel like mm-hmm. I mean, last season we kind of did too, but we're going to talk about pornography today. And I mean, I, I we have two like kickoff questions here, but Dan is our he's our. Are we supposed to like wait for the grade to be announced? Is that? Well, I'll announce it, oh, you know, okay. and then we'll pause awkwardly okay. for the soundbite. <laughs> but, um, but the reason, so the reason we wanted Dan here is because, and, and that's why I told Lenny, I was like, he's, he's going to be great on the show because every he teaches Elders Quorum in our ward. Every time I go to Elders Quorum and Dan's teaching, I'm not, I'm like, okay, when is he gonna? When is he gonna bring up pornography? Because he does every time, not every time. Almost, but no. almost every time. Almost, and uh, so he brings up pornography, mentions that he had an addiction, has an addiction to pornography, and then super open about it. And I mean, we've been in this ward for almost five years now, right? Four, four years. That's yeah. right, almost four years. So we're at the point now where it's like <laughs> anyone in our elders' quorum could bring up pornography. I don't know if they all feel comfortable bringing it up, but I know that it's a topic I wouldn't shy from bringing up. Because Dan's created this little little culture in our elders' quorum. It's like I mean, we talk and he's like whatever. Mm-hmm. Don't make a, don't make a big deal out of it. Let's be open about it. Let's not be weird about it. So we can, um, you know, be be transparent. So anyway, that's part of why Dan's here. Yeah. Um, anything you want to add to that? Did I offend uh, I you? Think, Are you mad at me? Yes, I'm very mad at you. <laughs> okay. I'm, I usually keep that on the lowdown though. Try and yeah, keep that simmering low. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you mad at me? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That part. I thought you meant the pornography thing. Cause I'm like, no, you bring no. that up every two weeks. <laughs> every two weeks you teach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, yeah. I. One of the things that I realized as I was combating the addiction was, um, it wasn't something given to me just for me to keep and hide away, kind of thing. Like, um, as I became successful in overcoming it. Um, that was something I needed to be able to share and so that my story could help strengthen other people. Yeah. Um, I don't think that, that God gives us trials or allows us to have trials for ourselves. Yes, they are to help us to achieve Godhood eventually. Um, but we live in a very populated world full of people who are struggling with the same things and it's our job to connect with them and help them. Yeah, and I've always, always, you know, God can consecrate anything mm, for 100%. our ultimate good and the ultimate benefit of a lot of people. I mean, you look at, there's so many stories in the scriptures like this. 
Paul came to mind immediately. Like, he made some mistakes, and he became one of the most powerful missionaries we have, period. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, we just saw the uh, Sound of Freedom movie, and there's a dude in there who helps um, do some child trafficking busts, and he's really good at helping with that um, because he'd made some mistakes in his life and was involved in some money laundering schemes and things like that, and he kind of knew how to navigate shady stuff and whatever. So God was able to consecrate his past and make it um, like a, a a a strength to him in the future. So I mean, yeah, just just you know, yeah. I think that uh, the the phrase that always comes to mind when it comes to trials, when it comes to overcoming things, is um, the a talk. I think it was Elder Uchtdorf who gave the talk. He's, I don't remember exactly what the talk was about, but I remember the line that I specifically uh, that I live by now or try to is that our trials are not here to define us, but to refine us. Uh-huh. And I've always I really hold on to that because I do definitely I like believe that with all of my heart that the experiences that I've been through are for my refinement and and have will and have shaped me into the person I am today. And so, and I think that, um, you know, part of the refinement process or um, maybe in your case is being, being open about it so that you can help people. And that's part of that refinement is now you get to participate in, I don't know. It seems you, pretty you called it missionary, yeah, work missionary work. Early, yeah. Yeah. Which is, yeah. Um, let me let me back up a little bit and and kind of give my story if that's sure. okay. Yes, Do please. it, dude. I dare you. Um, when I was twelve, my best friend at the time introduced me, um, and I think I had I was just at the age when it was starting. Like I was twelve in late nineties, um, and it was it was just starting to be addressed more and more and more. Um, I think the general authorities have been talking about it for a while, but it hadn't quite reached the general membership, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was getting ready to get my patriarchal blessing, for example, I went to my bishop and, and told him that I had an addiction, and he was just basically like, well, maybe don't, you know, try not to do that anymore. <laughs> He's like, can you stop? <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Well, yeah. I, it, he didn't even, I don't even know if he told me to stop. I think it was just like, well, maybe just don't do that kind of thing. Yeah. Um. And then I had a bishop who worked with me for a couple of years as I was getting ready to go on my mission. Um, and I started to make some progress, um, but really I didn't know how to overcome the addiction. I didn't have the tools I needed. Um, and so I white-knuckled it for a while and did pretty good. Got my mission papers in, um, got my call, and then relapsed and lied about it and then felt bad and told my bishop and I was delayed six weeks, did good for a couple of weeks, um, and then relapsed and felt stupid. So I lied again. When I went into the MTC, I had been lying about it and relapsing. Um, and then when I was there, I was like, okay, I need to figure this out and actually like get this fixed. So I told my branch president my first week there, first night. And he was like, Oh, this is this is not good. Um, he's like, I need to talk to the the district president. We need to decide if you're going to go home or if or what's going to happen because most of the time they need 
like young men need to go home and work through this. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and he's like, if you, if you don't want that to happen, <clears throat> you need to let the Lord know that you want to stay. Um, so I prayed my guts out like every waking second. I think I was praying heavenly father, please let me stay on my mission. Um, a few days later, Sunday afternoon, he pulled me in and he said, I don't know what it is, but you know, most, most young men have to go home to fix this. And for some reason, the Lord wants you to stay out. So I, I stayed out and I ended up being pulled in by the district president who asked me a lot of uncomfortable questions about (laughs) like specifics. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I think he was wanting to know if it was child pornography or anything like that, Mm -hmm. something more serious that definitely I couldn't stay out for, um, which it wasn't, um, went through the MTC, went to Italy. Um, Italy has a little bit of a modesty problem. Um, you could say, okay. Um, there, there were <laughs> more a, than most. Yeah, there, there were the occasional billboard, and okay. every right. every corner that had like a little magazine shop had pornography up yeah. where everybody could see it. Brought, oh, okay, brought buyers. You know, yeah, yeah. Well, made money. Make, make, make sense. Yeah. Um. So that was that was a, a struggle when I first got out there. Um. And then about halfway through my mission, I was transferred to an area that with a companion that I did not get along with at all. Um, we, we fought like a lot the first like six weeks we were together, five weeks. Um, and then we had, um, interviews with the mission president and this, this guy was, I was his second companion. Um, and he had had a rough past and wasn't afraid to talk about it kind of thing. And so I think I judged him harshly kind of thing. Um, and I, I didn't want to be in the area, um, but I sat down with my mission president after he had had his interview with my companion and my mission president was just like, Anciano Pearson, your companion is not happy. I'm not transferring you. You guys are going to fix this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And from that point, like both of us had a different perspective and we ended up being like really, really good friends. Um, But that led to relapses in the mission um, because it, I was really depressed. Um, I ended up working with a church psychologist who I think I can attribute with uh, a huge amount of my success because he didn't, I don't know if he gave me the tools I needed to overcome my addiction, but he helped me realize that my addiction was different from who I am. Mm-hmm. Um I mentioned earlier a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doesn't define you, right? Yeah. So I I learned how to not be shy. I learned how to to actually consider myself a valuable person. Um so that was very important for the rest of my life. Um came home for my mission, was had a very successful second half of my mission. Came home and suddenly didn't have that support system. Um mm-hmm lasted a couple of months kind of white knuckling it again um and started to relapse and i was in a singles ward um where the stake had a policy which i don't think was inspired i don't know if that's something i should say i'm probably going to be judged by someone for saying that i i really don't think you it was inspired argument on the table <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i left it at home um <laughs> but 
their policy towards pornography addiction was zero tolerance. If you had a relapse, um, you had a bishop's court. If you relapsed again, you were put on like official discipline and, and like it, it was, it was just not helpful for addiction. Right. There wasn't a mercy aspect to that policy. Like Mm. I relapsed and suddenly I couldn't pray in church anymore. I couldn't, take the sacrament, obviously couldn't go to the temple. Um, and I think that that was counterintuitive because taking the sacrament is an incredibly vital part of overcoming an addiction. Yeah. Um, and it, I eventually was transferred to Homeward um, after a bishop I had one who understood that and helped me through that. Um Going back just a little bit, I worked with that bishop in that singles ward for about nine months. Um, I dated a girl who helped me stop looking at pornography, but she was not a great girl, so kind of not. That makes sense. She kind of replaced the pornography. Mm. Um, And then I did end up having a disciplinary council. Um, And then we broke up, and I relapsed again, and my bishop was just like, I can't handle this. So he had me go back to my home ward. The bishop in my home ward um, was the bishop that I'd had before my mission, who I'd lied to. And he'd now been bishop for five years. Um, I have a lot of charity for him um, because his situation was not ideal. Um, He was working really, really hard to make ends meet. Um, our ward had a lot of problems. So he was working, he'd get up at 4.35 every morning, work until 6 p.m. And then usually Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, sometimes Friday, he'd be at the church interviewing people, helping mm-hmm. people through their issues. And then almost all day Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. So he was he was just kind of... He's spread thin. Yeah, yeah he was spread very thin. spread thin, mm-hmm. like butter over too much bread. That's what I, I was. I was exactly <laughs> going to say that. <laughs> like butter, spread. <laughs> Bilbo. Butter. Butter. <laughs> anyway, so um, I texted him once, telling him I'd had a relapse, um, and he, I guess he must have gotten the text at the wrong time, because um, he pulled me into his office and just berated me for like two and a half hours telling me that I was a very rude young man. Um, Basically he made me feel just absolutely worthless. Um, Mm. I left his office. It was after midnight. Um, I drove my car. It was raining. It was, I can't remember what time of year it was Uh, spring sometime, I think, but it was raining dark. I went and parked underneath a, a street lamp someplace and I sat there in my car for like, two and a half hours, three hours, I don't know how long, just planning how I was going to leave the church, how I was going to drive out of state, find someplace else to leave, cut off all communication with my family, never go to the to church again. Um, and I just kind of fantasized about all these, these ways I was going to do that. But in every instance, at the end of, of this like this line of thinking, I would come to a question, but what about the Book of Mormon? You know the Book of Mormon is true. You've read that book. 
you felt the power that comes from reading that book. You cannot leave that book behind, and so you cannot leave the church behind. Um, and so I was, at the end of the night, I was just like, okay, I won't leave. And Sunday comes around, I was like, okay, I'll go to church. But I showed up, like, late, halfway through the water sacrament, right? Sat in the very, very back of the sacrament room um, over in the gym. And right after the sacrament's over, our stake president gets up and he said, next week we're going to reorganize your bishop, Rick. Um, I don't remember the rest of what he said because at that moment the spirit hit me and said, your bishop made a mistake. Please don't leave. And I knew at that moment that I was important to the Lord. I knew that I had a future in the church and I, I would never be able to leave it. Um, it was, it was a few years yet until I, I started to get a handle on my addiction. Um, that was definitely a, a boost. I moved down to Provo, um, and I started working with bishops, I think who are, I don't know if, if this is the right way to say this, but I think they're trained better to work with young men who are struggling with addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, started to make some progress. I started working with a, a psychologist by the name of Jeff Robinson. Um, he has a website, theguardrail.com, a uh, fantastic resource for overcoming addiction, pornography specifically. He's a sponsor of the show, right? Well, maybe he will be. Yeah. Well, See, you know, uh, well, I, I highly order. doubt that. No, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. It was long journey, long road. Yeah. And it's a continuing road. It it is a continuing road. It was interesting because throughout that entire progress process, um, once I started to want to quit, I started to also pray, God, why did you give me this addiction? Why is this something I have to fight? Why is this something I have to carry? Um, and it wasn't until I'd been working with bishops for about seven years and asking that question, that I finally started to get answers to that. Mm. I remember sitting in an office with my bishop, and I, it was a weekly thing at this point where I would have to have an interview because I'd relapsed or something. And he's telling me this story about how he he was a nurse, and in the early part of his career, he had to drive a couple of hours each way to get to work. And the first time, or the first part of that experience for him he would listen to the radio and then he stopped listening to the radio and he would start to do like math problems in his head and trying to keep his mind sharp and then eventually he stopped doing that and just started to pray how can i be a better father how can i help my kids how can i help my daughter stay close to the lord and the spirit hit me at that point and said i gave you this addiction because i knew you needed to work with these leaders so you could have these experiences to help prepare you for what's coming in your life and to keep me humble <laughs> that, that other part yeah yeah sinking in there yeah but yeah. well i mean there's that scripture in ether right that's like I give yeah god doesn't give us weaknesses to destroy us he gives them a weakness to strengthen us yeah it goes I back to your quote again refine us I give men weakness that they may become strong. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I think this is actually a perfect opportunity to move into the gray. You know, we can actually, well, first off, let's just pause awkwardly. Pause, pause awkwardly. Oh, yeah. We got to wait well, for the, the sound bite. Thanks for sharing that story, yeah. too. I mean, yeah, thanks, too. Sorry. That's, about that. um, I mean, I've heard you say that once before on Elder's Corp, but, uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot there. And I, and I hope our listeners, you know, that you can, you can see that if you've had a bumpy path, like you're not alone, like this is, and from, you know, conversations I've had with many people, it's not like pornography addiction isn't like something that you, um, you just overcome and then you just stick it in your past and you move on and it never is a problem again. Yeah. Maybe some people, right. But I think generally it's, it's something you just got to keep your battle armor on and, and you constantly got to stay alert and sharp and, and, and that's something you're, you're working through and it's, it's not, it doesn't define you. Right. But, but it is something that's there and, and, and recognize that, you know, there's other people with that and you're not alone. Right. I think it comes down to is you know you're saying you were talking about battle armor. I think it there, there comes a cho- there comes a point where that battle armor becomes uh, well that just becomes a part of you. So like you have to like put it on all the time at the, in the beginning and when mm-hmm. when you're when you're battling addiction. But then it just becomes like like what you what your skin is. And then not saying that it's not something that you have to continue that you don't have to worry about but i'm just saying that you now have habits and systems in place that keep you safe or you know have have uh, established that guardrail mm-hmm. right let's yeah. uh, f- uh so you don't tumble down the path or tumble down the cliff um you're like super you're, you're far away uh yeah. from that yeah yeah so the gray the actual questions that we we had to come to mind there's two questions that we wanted to, to kick off well, we've already kicked off who am i kidding for the next, you know, five, ten minutes, we wanted to focus on these two questions. So how does the Lord view those who struggle with addiction? So, you know, in this case, pornography addiction, but it could be any addiction. And how does the Lord expect us to treat those who struggle with addiction? So let's go to the first one. How does the Lord view those who struggle with addiction? Thoughts, fellas. Well, I think first off, um, you know, I want to say thank you for, for sharing your story. Uh, I, uh, I think that most men, I, I've heard this, this, this experience or, or I should say this statistic, and I'm not necessarily, this, this, uh, necessarily a statistic, but um, my bishop and, and some stake presidents I've heard say that it's not an, uh, not an, uh, uh, an issue of if, a young man comes into contact with pornography, but it's when, right? Right. It's when you're going to, and then not just men, not just young men or old men, but also everyone will come into contact right. with it, but it's, but men are more susceptible to pornography. Yeah. Um, and so he says, it's not an issue. It's not a, a time or a point of if it's when, and he also said that there is not going to, there's not a lot of men out there in this day and age. Um, it's actually a majority of men who, uh, have at least had some experience with pornography. Maybe they don't have an addiction, mm-hmm. but they've had some experience with pornography. And you know, I, I'll say that I am one of those people who has who's, who has struggled with an addiction. And uh, I'm 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 happy and proud to say that I, I've taken steps and that I'm um, 
that I'm managing, and I'm, I'm I like the word that you were saying you were using before. I'm successful in mm-hmm. in managing my own addiction, and I think that it's um, so. I I appreciate uh, when people are when talk when they talk about their own experiences because then it makes you feel like um, there is a there there is a, a a community that understands what you're going through. You know, yeah, um, especially when um, addiction and pornography addiction in particular, especially um, as it's viewed in the church right now, you know, because particularly outside of the church, people don't see pornography as a problem. No. But in the church, we see it as a, as a big problem. But there is, I think that uh, there's a lot of misunderstanding that comes along with it, which, which results in a lot of stigma for those of us who had to struggle with it and those of us who are struggling with it. And um, then there's, there's a lot of, uh, fear that comes along uh, for other people the, when to like how to deal with people with with uh, addiction or or you know not just pornography specifically we're talking about specific pornography but in general how to deal with addiction yeah and so um, going back to the question I just my thought is is that how does the Lord feel about it um, there is a scripture it's one of my favorite scriptures. I can't remember the actual reference now, but it's one of my favorite scriptures. It says, when does the Lord start? When does the atonement start working in your life? And it's whenever you decide it, that you're going to change Mm -hmm. immediately. Does the atonement start working for you? Mm -hmm. And that is the way I think about uh, the way the Lord looks at this. He is compassionate toward his his sons and daughters who struggle with it, and he will do everything in his divine and and overarching power to help his 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 children overcome um, overcome this experience, this challenge when they start to change over when they when they over, yeah. over and over yeah. and over again when yeah, when they start to do so. There's a scripture in in Mosiah. Um, 27, I think it says as often as, as my people repent, mm-hmm. will I forgive them their right. sins? Um, there's a couple of scriptures like that. Um, I think that the Lord looks at, at addicts with a lot of compassion. Mm-hmm. Um, there's for a, a very long time, there's a culture of, you know, going back to that stake with the zero tolerance policy mm-hmm. that, that was the culture, you know, I had a, 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 a that bishop tell me, you know, I, I knew I've known people who smoke cigarettes their entire life, pack a day, two packs a day. And one day they decide to quit and they just threw it away and never touched it again. And I'm sitting in his office thinking, well, great, that's fantastic, but they can't smoke a cigarette in their mind. Um, and so it's, it's a little bit different in that, in that sense. It's easy to judge when you see someone struggling with something. Um, pornography is not an outward addiction. Mm -hmm. Um, it's very easy to see someone smoking or, or drinking and judge them. Um, but it's the same kind of drive that they have for that addiction, a a strong craving, um, that is hard to understand unless you know it yourself personally. Mm -hmm. Um, and the Lord knows that personally, you know, the savior is part of his atonement. He understands that completely. He knows what the the cravings of the flesh are. Um, and so for him, he looks at it. I love Brad Wilcox, 
because he's given talks in in conference a couple years ago and then he gave a a, a talk titled um the continuous atonement a fantastic reference for for people struggling with addiction um that's the one where he breaks down grace and like the best mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay yeah. yeah yeah so it it's the lord loves those who struggle with addiction and he doesn't look at them like you're going to go to hell he looks at them as let's do a little bit better and and we'll get there together honestly it might well i don't know i should put any parameters on that but <laughs> i don't want to put parameters on on god's uh preferences but mm. the fact that addiction does humble people and it does cause um it can be a catalyst for continued sincere repentance because honestly if you have a pornography addiction and you struggle with it until the day you die but it pulls you to repent and and rely on god every day of your life or regularly in your life you're going to have a closer relationship with the savior than someone who doesn't struggle with pornography but just gets lazy you know what i mean so i I, you know i don't want to say god prefers that but at the same time like you're actively turning to god and you're you're building that relationship with him, you know, that that's, can, can be a, a blessing, you know? I, I think that uh, the way I would describe it is, um, well, so just talking about addiction in general, addiction thrives in the dark. Mm-hmm. So that's when it grows, it multiplies, and it just consumes. And it's only when you shine light on it is when it starts to shrink, is when it starts to... Um, lose its power and then it's only when you start when um the light um is and it's only sorry let me try that again and it's only when uh hearts start connecting is when addiction loses its power completely um so the one of the things that i learned when as i I actually was going through uh uh, seeing a therapist for for my addiction is that was one of the the key moments the key defining moments of like what of of um of how i was of how to manage an addiction specifically pornography is understanding that the opposite of addiction is not um abstinence abstinence the opposite of addiction is connection and once I started understanding that and ultimately getting tools to develop how to develop connection, one of those, the biggest connection being that, being one being connected to Jesus Christ, that's when real change started happening. Because uh, that's when you understand what actual, what is the driving force behind a lot of addiction and most addiction is is a lack of support, a lack of, of tools, lack of connection. Right. And so um, we're talking about how does the Lord view that? Uh, like as I look at it, and especially as I hear Dan expressing his story, um, I'm like especially when he said, why? Like you had so much connection. You like, yeah, we were connected yeah, with all of these, these bishops that were like, like took an interest in you, took an interest <laughs> in, in, your, in your, your journey, and you became knit with them. Mm-hmm. And they... And they <clears throat> They literally became a fulfillment of the baptismal covenant, which is to mourn with those that mourn and suffer with those that suffer. Yeah. And uh, that, that, in essence, and that's really what, what knits us close to Christ. 
Well, yeah, and you're and you prayed all the time. Yeah, all the time. Um. So you had both connections. I mean, these questions are around the great commandments. Okay? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, how does God feel about those with addiction? How does He expect us to treat each other with addiction? Okay. You know. Yeah. Love yeah. God with all your heart. Love each other. So basically. Just shun them. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. Don't talk to them. Yeah. <laughs> just and like, you know, hide it. That's right. Yeah. And there's a little closet. Yeah. You know. No, don't do that. Yeah, don't, don't do, do that, that at all. <laughs> don't do that. Dang it. So the whole point is connect with God, connect with people, um, which, Dan, you've done a great job in our ward. Yeah. Like I said, you've you've opened that door. If anyone has a pornography addiction in our ward, in our elders quorum, I feel like they would not have a problem bringing that up with you. Um, So... And I love the story of of the woman caught in adultery for this too, because how did the Lord treat her with her um, sin? Right. First of all, He just waited for everyone to go away because it's none of their freaking business. Okay? <laughs> yeah. So He would sit down and He writes in the sand, and He just waits for the Pharisees and all the judges to go away. But the disciples and the apostles, you know, they weren't. They were there. They witnessed it. Some of them. I don't know if all of them were, but they witnessed it. But once once the judges were gone, then the Lord connected with her and said, Hey, I love you. Go and sin no more. Like, I'm not condemning you right now. I want you to repent. I want you to come closer to me. It drew a smiley face in the sand. Yeah. Little, <laughs> yeah. smiley emoji. Yeah. It's a thumbs up. Like, you got this. Um, you know, just imagine. It's just like an emoji. Flexing arm like, emoji. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus invented the emoji in that moment. Um, but there's that. So he connected with her. And then um, the apostles, you know, we don't hear about their role. And, and they were they were learning at this point. But they're like we'll, the we'll hear about their role eventually when The Chosen makes that episode. That's true. Yeah, you know? yeah they'll, we'll, they'll we'll, tell we'll, us. They'll tell us what yeah. happened. Yeah. Um, but they were there. And, and I feel like that's kind of our, our support with people. So I think, you know. Yeah. So I mean, like to uh, the, the to answer these these questions is the gray, you know, and uh, to just confirm what Dan was saying uh, in his own story was uh, how does God feel about him? How do people struggle with addiction? Well, He really loves them. Mm-hmm. And I think the second one is is that how do we treat? I think it's to reach out with compassion. And I, here's what I, I want to say this too, and I don't. You can kind of confirm this, Dan, if if that's the way you feel. But I think that if I um, am in a place where I feel like it is important for me to share the story of my addiction, I think that one of the best things to do is reach out in love. You may not understand. You don't have to understand. I don't, you know, because maybe you don't have any idea what that's like. Mm-hmm. But that's not the point. You don't have to understand at that moment, and I think the Lord will help you understand if you want to understand, but it's important for you to reach out in love and um, reach out in compassion and reach out in in faith and support of this person as they're, what they're going through. Because A, is that they shared this piece of themselves with you. Mm-hmm. You know, not, it doesn't necessarily be, it's not like some, it doesn't, again, define who they are, but it is a part of their story, and it, a very it, personal part. Very personal part. Yeah, and it. I mean, it is theirs to share with whoever they want to share it with. But if they choose to share it with you, I think that's that's something that's pretty. That's something to be taken seriously and sacred. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, as I've shared my story, you know, initially, 
um, my wife and I, when we were, before we dated, we were pretty good friends um, for about six months. She would come and hang out with me and my roommates play Mario Kart and stuff. Um, and oh, then, she beat you guys, didn't she? She's way good, huh? She was way better than me because I played real racing games and oh. handled the bananas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're real. ruthless. No. <laughs> um, no, but we started dating, and she had already known that I had an addiction. Um, so that was pretty easy because I didn't have to have a conversation. You know, this is something I struggle with. Mm-hmm. Um, however, as we started to get more serious, she started to – have a hard time with me sharing it because she was worried people are going to judge me. Um, it's been interesting though, because I've shared it so much at this point that if people are judging me, I don't know it because I do get those people coming up to me after I talk about it and saying, thank you so much. Or my wife frequently gets people coming up to her and saying, you know, my husband struggles with this or my son struggles with this and I really have no idea what to do. In fact, it's been, it really, my addiction and my experiences with it has been a missionary opportunity. Um, I've been able to work with a couple of young men um, through the years who struggle with it and it's been a fantastic opportunity for me to kind of mentor them through learning how to overcome um, mm. and so it's, it's been cool in that regard because without me being open about it, like, first off, I, I don't feel judged if people are judging, they're keeping it to themselves because the positivity that I receive is loud enough that I don't think they'd have the courage to say anything, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I've never had to worry about that. So that's been really awesome. Dude. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That is really cool. Yeah. You know, I, I so we've actually so we've we talked about the gray, but we've also talked about the black and white. Yeah, yeah, we have. Like the three, the, I wrote down three notes before that that episode that were in my mind, and they've all come up. And I think you stole my gosh dang scripture I wanted to share. Which yeah, is I did. Great. Yeah, you cheater. But that's called the spirit, Cody. Oh, and remember. <laughs> Nice. Put your hand, put your hand down. Okay. I can't even tell. Dude, you don't want to do that. Oh, he yeah, doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't want to high five again because then he'll clap and mix up when that's the audio. So the three things I had with the black and white, the doctrines here that really support, um, support the, the answer the question. Actually, the yeah, doctrines the, that answer the question. Answer the question, right? Yeah. The black and white. Divine identity, like who you are as a person is not your addiction. You are a child, you are a son or a daughter of God, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked a lot about grace. That was another one. Um, I mean, God having mercy and compassion on on um, those who struggle with addiction because, I mean, it... it you got to be compassionate. You got to be supportive. You you know you don't just. Well, we made the joke about the closet that was in poor taste, probably. But you know what I mean, like <laughs> most of your jokes are in poor taste. Yeah. At least. Okay. Go I, ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> you know what? What are you gonna say, huh? That's why they're. That's why I say. Um, and then connection isn't really a. It's not really a doctrine. It kind of is, right? I mean, how would you word that? In a well, I mean, I mean, doctrinal is being connected to Christ. That's, that's basically yeah. and it. each that's, other because that scripture. Oh yeah. Well, the Mosiah. doctrine. The doctrine is is love God with all your heart, mind, mind and strength, and okay. The, you love yeah. your neighbor as no, yourself. You're right. You know. You're right. I'm an idiot. Yeah. I mean, 
what? Say it. Um, <laughs> well, I, I think I messed that scripture up, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you know, yeah. Love God, and the second one is like unto it, love your neighbor. And the other one, yeah. we're our baptismal covenant. Oh, that's like, the one I stole. Mourn with those that mourn. Comfort yeah. those that say it doesn't say advise with those that mourn. Sometimes that might be nice if they ask. But for the most give, part, we're supposed give to them mourn. Advice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Advise with those that mourn. <laughs> Condemn those that. Yes, you know, uh, so. like uh, what is the, what is a nice uh, like. Look at them from afar and <laughs> yeah. mourn. Shun with those that mourn. No, yeah. it's like you're there. You have to say much. Put your arm around each other. Hey, if you're a dude, you probably say something like "sucks to suck, dude," but I'm here. You know what I mean? And if, I don't think I've ever heard you say that ever. I say that all it the time. Sucks it sucks to suck. My dude. wife tells me not to say that because I say that to our four year old. <laughs> 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 I don't know if he's yeah you know what he's, your kid. I mean, he's giving me a, yeah he's, not he's got he's got yeah. the attitude of a fifteen year old sometimes oh yeah well like, all right, dude. I wouldn't know about that so okay all right I make so, sure I, mean, I make sure else? he knows I love him <laughs> yeah. yeah afterwards an inclusive yeah. love exactly okay <laughs> any other thoughts on doctrines here we wanna we wanna pull in no I think that's pretty much it for me nice dude yeah Dan anything else you wanna say. You're the man of the hour. You are the man of the hour. You're the now man there's of a lot of pressure. I had thoughts, hour. but they just left because too much pressure. Spirit yeah. stoppeth your utterance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are you going to say? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that about wraps it up. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Um, I just uh, want to say thank you for coming onto the podcast and sharing, being, yeah, dude. being so open about your experiences. And we hope, uh, I hope and we hope that uh, that your experiences and the the topic that we talked about uh, really help people. We want that. We want it to help people. That's the point of the podcast is to have natural conversations about life, which is, is a part of life and the gospel and, and mm-hmm. how they, how it connects, you know? And so we, life is full of hard conversations as well. And I say, I think that that's one of the things that um, we want to make normal. And we want to make this conversation not necessarily normal, but we want to make it less open. taboo yeah. or open. Yeah, less yeah. taboo and more open yeah. for I, sure. I, I would just add, um, going back to what you said, you know, it's it's majority of men who have come in contact. I I looked into statistics a while back, and it was something like 90 95% of men had viewed it. Wow. And this was over a decade ago. Sure. Oh, yeah. um, so it's probably even more so now. You you consider like the TikTok generation or the Snapchat oh, generation. Yeah, it's we were like, supposed to thrash on. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's just like, you know, sending nudes is such a cultural phenomenon. Yeah. It's it's something kids are no longer viewing they're making pornography. Wow. And you you consider that that the world is in that direction. Um Chances are most of the people you come in contact have viewed and possibly even made pornography inadvertently. And so this th- that's why I think this topic is so important to make it less taboo in the church especially because you're you're surrounded by people who are struggling with it, you know. Yeah. The more the more we are courageous with our own experiences and our testimony and especially loving those who have problems or struggles or trials the more we're going to reach people that we may never know until the afterlife that we touched. I mean, I can't say it any, like that's the way to end it right here. It's a bow on it right there. Dan, thank you again for sharing your story, your faith. 
yeah. and your testimony with us. Um, I think I know personally as, as somebody who, who struggles, struggled with it, that, uh, I am really, it's nice to, to hear another person's, uh, experience just like that. Yeah. And I know it's beneficial for our listeners, uh, those who have and have not to, to understand and to get a little bit more support. So anyways, everyone, thank you for joining with us and part of the, and joining with us in this podcast in our new format or one of the formats, which is video. So we're excited that we're today. actually videoing as of, as today. today. Yeah. Don't expect this back. Doesn't this mean time. you have to yeah. start a new season? Yeah. Well, maybe. <laughs> That's a pretty big change. Yeah. Maybe. It might be. Season um, three, six, we'll have season, three episodes. Season, season seven, we'll have three episodes. <laughs> season, it is season seven. Oh, yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Anyways, we're really grateful that uh, whether you're uh, joining with us via video or just the primary audio podcast we're grateful that you're here um please like share and subscribe to our podcast especially if you have some people who could benefit from listening to people's stories uh, concerning pornography please share the podcast with them we want to show them our support and or if you want to trick them into listening just tell them we make fun of each other sometimes yeah yeah and then then they will they'll just bumble into it they'll bumble into it yeah it's a verb is, is that a word it's a verb i've heard it yeah anyways today Period. thanks you <laughs> thank you all for joining with us we really appreciate uh your support and your listening your and your listenership so with that if you have a question that you want us to talk about you know, a topic you want us to talk about. You know, this season, we're talking about all kinds of things. Missionaries coming yeah. home early, pornography. Maybe we'll talk about something else next. Throw, throw us a hardball. Yeah, throw us a hardball. We'd love, you. we'd love to talk about it. So send us your questions, your thoughts, your concerns um, to us, and we'll talk about them on the podcast, as well as your stories of faith. Maybe you have an experience that you want to share, just like Stephen did in the beginning there. Maybe you have an experience you want to share that will brighten and lift us all up. You can send it to us at all of our socials, which all have the handle at IBW Podcast. And you can send us an email to a different handle, just a little bit different, in black and white podcast at gmail.com. We'll get it, we'll respond, and we'll uh, feature you on the podcast. So you'll make it big. And you'll make it big, like Dan. With Dan's Cody's mom. And probably his wife. That's right. I've yeah, got, and everybody some... else. You know, you're really driving it hard that we don't have a lot of listeners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody, we have please prove Dan wrong. Yeah. Please do. And yeah. let's get this out to the people who need it and who yeah. want it. Dox him on social media. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't do that. That's a joke. Yeah, that's a joke. But what's not a joke is please like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Yeah. We love you. We're excited that you've joined with us. And we'll see you again soon. God is good, everyone. Godspeed, everyone. The end. (laughs) 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 Yeah, me too. (laughs) 